Some time passed, I can't say how much, but it was very long, waiting to see if any would return. Welcome to McBurdo's expedition into the unknown and terrible. We have been stuck here in the ice for an eternity. Come into the captain's cabin and warm yourself before you head back out onto the decks. Welcome to my cabin. How long have we been trapped in this infernal ice pack? Or in the summer, tropical estuary. Writers can embellish on a story that they've heard, but hearing the words of someone who actually witnessed an event, sometimes shocking, always amazing. I have not read this before, so we're going to experience it together. I'm going to break in with my opinions. Chances are, as you are a crew member of the HMS Miser, you are not easily upset by the dark and terrible. I will warn you now that these may not have the most politically acceptable ideas or language because they come from the past and things were different then. Today we have two versions of the Charge of the Light Brigade, which was the Battle of Balaclava on Wednesday, October 25th, 1854. The first one is an anonymous 8th Hussar by one who was in it. He never said who he was, but it is believed to be a true account. The morning was clear and bright. In fact, as beautiful a morning as you could wish to see. And, says one of our men, Well, I'm damned if it isn't the colonel. What do you say to the old woman now? The fact is, we had left him very ill, and we thought in his tent, for he had been sadly troubled with gout and sickness, and suffering like the rest of us, besides being old for such exposure. And so, you want to hang out? You wanted to hang out with the cat? When our guests weren't here, when our guests weren't here, we were all about hanging out. And so, from one thing or another, he had got that name. But he was full of pluck, and when he knew that fighting was going on, he came up to us, and we were pleased to see him too. I saw, as he passed in front of us, that all at once his face expressed the greatest surprise and astonishment and even anger. And walking on, he broke out with, what's this? What's that? One, two, four, six, seven men smoking? Swords drawn and seven men smoking? Why, such a thing is inconceivable. <laughs> the blood is literally like right there. I never heard of such a thing, and no regiment except an Irish regiment would be guilty of it. Sergeant, advance, and take these men's names! All this time I heard strange, dull noises thickening in the air. Now I saw the whole plain and heights skirting the valley covered with Russian infantry and Cossacks, and some six and twenty grim black muzzled pointed at us, which in a moment would be red hot and panting as the throats of famished wolves. You know, it's, it's not gonna go well. It's just not. There's, there's, there's no good 
ending. The battery extended for perhaps a quarter of a mile right abreast of us, and as the mouths of the outer guns were slightly turned in, their range would meet together and cross in one common focus, which we, at full gallop, must have been in the very midst of. Down the descending slope, over the ground that seemed ploughed, we went like a rushing hurricane, with Lord Cardigan at our head, and he went in a regular buster. I felt, as I felt my horse beginning to bound under me and gripping at my saber, which I had fastened to my wrist with a twisted silk handkerchief, I felt at that moment my blood thicken and crawl, as if my heart grew still and quiet like a lump of stone within me. I was a moment paralyzed, but the snorting of the horse, the wild headlong gallop, the sight of the Russians... The sight of the Russians before us becoming more and more distinct and the first horrible discharge with its still more horrible effects came upon us and emptied saddles, all but me. My heart now began to warm, to become hot, to dance again, and I had neither fear nor pity. I longed to be at the guns. I'm sure I set my teeth together as if I could have bitten a piece out of one of them. And that is the end of that source. And the second one, is Henry Clifford, VC, in a letter from him, from the Rifle Brigade, and he received the Victoria Cross for gallantry at Inkerman. I must tell you that little confidence has been placed in the commanding powers of Lord Lucan commanding the cavalry, and long and loud have been the feuds on public grounds between his lordship and Lord Cardigan, with whom a braver soldier never held a sword, who commands the Light Brigade. And it was thought a verbal order was sent out to Lord L. It might be misunderstood or not carried out. A written order was, therefore, sent out from Lord Ragland by Captain Nolan, General Ares, ADC, my former brother, ADC, in the Light Division, desiring his lordship to charge. To charge what? said Lord Lucan very naturally. Here are your orders, said poor Nolan, pointing to the paper. And there, pointing to the Russian army, is the enemy, and shouting, Come on! to the light brigade of cavalry, he dashed forward. He was wrong, poor fellow, in doing so. He forgot his position, and his conduct was most insulting to Lord Lucan and Lord Cardigan, who at the head of his brigade, pale with indignation, shouted to him to stop, that he should answer for his words and actions before Lord Raglan. But he was called to a higher tribunal. A shell struck him in the chest in a few, and in a few minutes, he was a mangled corpse. Lord Lucan then ordered the light brigade of cavalry between 600 and 700 to charge the Russian army, 30,000 strong. This from the explanation I heard afterwards. From the commanding position in which I stood by the side of General Bright, we saw the light brigade of cavalry moving forward at a trot in the face of the Russian army. Mon Dieu, said the fine old French general, que vont-ils faire? They went on steadily, as only Englishmen could go under fire. Artillery in front and on the right and left. When some thousand yards from the foremost of the enemy, I saw shells bursting in the midst of the squadrons and men and horses strewn the ground behind them. Yet on they went, and the smoke of the murderous fire poured on them and hid them from my sight. The tears ran down my face, and in the din of musketry pouring in their murderous fire on the brave, gallant fellows, 
rang in my ears. Pauvre garçon, said the old French general, patting me on the shoulder. Je suis vieux, j'ai vu des... Oh, my French is so bad. I sort of understand it, but I can't say it. Oh, ce n'est pas bon. Some things in French I say very well. Then the smoke cleared away and I saw hundreds of our poor fellows lying on the ground, the Cossacks and Russian cavalry running through them as they lay with their swords and lances. Some time passed, I can't say how much, but it was very long waiting to see if any would return. Horses without riders galloped back in numbers and men wounded on foot and men not hurt, but their horses killed, returned on foot. And then we saw a horse or a man fall who was wounded, had come as far home as he could, and then fell and died. At length, about 300 horsemen dashed through a line of Cossacks who had reformed to interrupt their retreat, and then another larger body came in sight from the middle of the smoke and dust. 200 men. They were all that returned of 600 odd that charged. I don't know the names of the officers who fell or were taken prisoner, but very few returned. And some are since dead of their wounds. One of the officers of the 17th Lancers, his regiment suffered most severely, I believe, told me they charged through a line of infantry, drove the gunners from their guns, but of course they could not bring them away. Then through that line of cavalry till they came to the infantry, then a handful remained, turned about and recharged at the same forces again. The Chasseurs d'Afrique also made a small charge, but when they came face to face with the Russian infantry in the square, with the exception of one or two officers, they turned round and came back again. That's just bleak. It's just bleak. <laughs>